Welcome to this episode of Radio Worldview. I'm August Tuckabee. If you're a longtime follower of Worldview Academy, you'll know that there was a podcast that was going on for quite a few years, hosted by Jeff Baldwin, and I guess co-hosted by Bill Jack, also called Radio Worldview, and we are hoping now with the start and continuation of Worldview at the Abbey that we can kind of reboot that podcast a little bit. Um, the goal of the podcast, just like Worldview Academy, is to teach students to live and think in accord with the biblical worldview so that they can serve Christ and lead the culture. So we're excited, or I'm excited, to pick that back up. And we're hoping that uh, the method of our madness will be to facilitate discussions of cultural and classical topics with current students and faculty members of Worldview Academy. So, uh, with that in mind, if you have any suggestions on what you would like us to talk about, you can email podcast at worldview.org, and we'll try to get your topics and uh, questions in line. Uh, we're going to be trying some different formats for this podcast, trying out some different segments and different interview styles, uh, so we would love to hear from you if you have anything that you would like to see from us. Um, our current plan is to utilize current events as they come around, as well as experiences taking place on the Worldview at the Abbey campus uh, in Canyon City, Colorado. Um, if you don't know, Worldview at the Abbey is a sister organization of Worldview Academy with the same philosophy and mission, uh, but in the vehicle of a two-semester academic gap year program for college freshmen to study classical literature uh, in classrooms led by Worldview Academy faculty members. With the caliber of Worldview students we have here at the Abbey and our faculty members, uh, a huge reason to start this podcast and, and the motivation for getting it going was because just I personally have been blown away by the depth of conversations that happen here on campus on a regular basis. And so this podcast will hopefully be a reflection of some of the great thinking and learning that's taking place uh, through Worldview here in Colorado. One segment that we're hoping to do over the next several months, hopefully every week, but uh, it might be every other week, is a student interview segment. Uh, we have some absolutely fantastic students here at Worldview at the Abbey that have come from Worldview Academy summer camps, uh, team packed leadership schools, and some other various connections that we have that are here. And they are some brilliant young minds. And so we are hoping to take the opportunity to have some student profiles of them as the uh, weeks and months progress. So the first one that we're going to be interviewing this week is Zach McHugh. Um, and I will let him speak for himself. Sweet. Uh, well, yeah, my name is Zach McHugh. I am from Waco, Texas. I was born and raised in Texas. I'm a proud Texan and Aggie, uh, just like yeah, yourself. Yeah. Uh, right. Heck yeah. Um, and so I'm here at the Abbey because of a lot of different situational circumstances um, that the Lord has uh, brought my way. Um, I in no way expected to ever be here. I remember back in 2016, I think it was... Um, where you and I were in the airport leaving yeah. Tim Eccles Campaign University, and we were talking about no, the no, Abbey. No, no, no. Was it? It wasn't Campaign University. It was Wilberforce Weekend. Is that right? Was it the Wilberforce Weekend? I think that's um, right. Okay. Okay. Awesome. It wasn't Campaign U. I've never been to that. But I th okay. I think so it, it must have been. been it must have been Wilberforce. You're right. Yeah. Um, okay. Sweet. So it was Wilberforce Weekend. Yeah. Leaving, and um, we were sitting at the airport for what was it like twelve hours. Um, it was a long time. Yep. Um, so we had plenty of time for good conversation. Um, and of course we talked about the Abbey and I remember, and I didn't tell you at the time, but I remember in the back of my head thinking, this is really awesome, but I'm never going to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, that's never going to be something that, uh, is part of my plan or part of my path. 
Um, but the Lord has a way of smacking people upside the back of the head um, when they think they have it all figured out. Um, and so I thought I was going to go to Texas A&M, gig them um, straight out of high school um, and get things figured out um, and go straight into career and all that after school. Um, but the Lord, uh, changed my plan multiple times and said, actually, instead of starting out at college, I want you to start out at Worldview at the Abbey. Um, and so really I couldn't explain why I'm here except for the fact that God wanted me to be here. And I think he puts us all exactly where he wants us. And so I think that's the best explanation that I have for why I'm here at the Abbey. Um, and there's a lot of reasons that are keeping me here and that I'm glad I'm here. Um, but the main reason that I'm here is because God put me here. Yeah. Well, and I love the story of how you came to be here too, because I remember that talk and I don't remember what all we were talking about, but I remember right. we were debating some stuff. Right. We had talked about quantum physics, I think at one point. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, right. Of yeah. course. Uh, like and, any smart homeschoolers. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so, but I just remember walking away from that thinking like, all right, even if he doesn't ever come. Like, we had a good conversation. At least he knows who we are. Because I remember you walked away from that kind of saying, I don't think this is going to be my thing. Okay. Like, or at least I took that impression away. I don't remember what all we were talking about. And then um, as the next year progressed and you were doing some staffing with Teen Pact mm-hmm. and then got to catch up with you at um, National Convention some mm-hmm. as well and just talking through stuff. And then you had a little more interest in it at that time. and Because you applied really late. You applied... I did. Uh, Mid-summer even, maybe even late summer. Yeah, I think it was after July. Uh, Maybe it could have been late June into July, sometime around there. Yeah. Like you were one of the last students that we brought in (laughs) for the year. So Uh, it was just really cool to to have that opportunity and kind of collaborate with you through the summer to make that happen and then Hmm. bring you in. Yeah, I was was Hmm. super pumped to make it happen. Yeah. um, After getting to know you a little more. and that's uh, a big part of what we wanted to, uh, why I wanted to interview you today, which was because we have some connections through, not even Worldview Academy, but through right. Team Pact, right? Yeah. So you're going to be interning with Team Pact a little bit, mm-hmm. and we are cutting a special deal for you, which is that you only have to be here for one semester, whereas everybody right. else, that's not even an option. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, so, interesting. Yeah. So, and that's just because we love Team Pact. So. Yeah. Um, so give us the Teen Pact elevator pitch. Because, yeah, definitely. You know. um, so Teen Pact is the premier leadership training school um, in all of the United States. Um, we operate wow. currently. Wow, I have not heard that elevator and, pitch before. Yeah, never? Um, no, interesting. Oh, man. Uh, uh, have you ever been around Teen Pact? Oh, you no, know, yeah. I've never been there. Yeah, <laughs> no, okay, I go there as a class director. Right. And um, no, the way I've always explained it is it's a uh, hand on, hands-on way of learning about state government. Mm. And I can't even remember all of my pitch right now. But that's yeah. a great way of saying it. So yeah. that's awesome. Oh, well, thanks. Uh, I'll, just, I'll have to steal that from you. Yeah, and I'll steal some of yours as well, and we'll make a good mesh, and it'll be the best elevator speech ever given, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's the premier leadership uh, schools here in America, and currently we operate in 42 different states. We just added our 42nd state, which is Nevada. Um, and so they're going to have their first state class coming this year. Um, and the way that uh, Teen Pact is different from any other um, government or leadership school is that it's a ministry first and that it's hands-on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Teen Pact 
uh, takes on government in a way that instead of just giving lectures, we go to the state capitol, we meet senators, we meet representatives, we meet lobbyists, we meet Supreme Court justices, and then we get to ask them questions, and then we get to see what their job is like by taking part in mock legislature, by having mock elections, um, and by many other activities that go on throughout the day, um, such as moot court and our uh, judicial review uh, field experience um, and things like that. Um, and so it's really cool to have that hands-on uh, experience of what government is because I, I firmly believe that you can't truly understand something until you've, you've e experienced it, right? Um, and so experiencing something in a hands-on way is just a fantastic way um, of understanding the way that our government works. Yeah. Um, and even more than that, though, uh, Teen Pact is a ministry first. So not only does it give you a hands-on experience of government, but it also gives you a hands-on experience of Jesus. You see people who are truly living out their faith um, and doing so in a way um, that isn't very uh, often seen in today's culture. Um, and so we, we start each day off with worship and devotionals, and we end each day uh, with rendezvous, um, which is a time to come together um, as a group of guys or girls separately and discuss issues we may be having back at home um, and just kind of work through those problems together as the brotherhood or sisterhood of Christ. Um, and we also have sessions each night um, from people like yourself who are class directors um, who, who fly across the nation um, and share their testimonies and share um, what God has done in their lives and impact teens like myself through the stories that y'all have to share. Um, and so Teen Pact is different not only because it's a hands-on organization that gives you a hands-on feel for the way your government works and the way that politics works, but it's also different because it puts Christ first, because it recognizes that to change lives, to change the world, which is Teen Pact's motto, you have to first start with the heart. You have to first start with Jesus Christ, because he's the only one who can truly change a heart and truly change a mind. Um, and so there's my, uh, my short version of what Teen Pact is and what it does for people. Yeah. And the way I've always explained Teen Pact is that it's a week-long uh, class mm. for high school students on how state government works, what students can do to be involved in the political process, mm. and then what the Bible has to say about citizenship and politics and things of that nature, right? Yeah. So it's a scriptural mm. thing as well. Absolutely. Or not a scriptural thing. It's a, it's a, like you said earlier, it's a ministry first. Mm -hmm. And so the reason that I have, I mean, not one reason. There's a lot of reasons why I've stayed involved with <laughs> right. Teen Pact. Um, I was a Team Pact intern back in 2010, took a right. few years off during wow. college. So I have some big shoes to fill. I've circled back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good luck, right? <laughs> um, but uh, the reason that I think Team Pact and Worldview have worked together for so long and for so, have worked so well together is because of the hands-on emphasis, right? Mm. It's not just about the intellect, although it is about the intellect. It's about going and actually learning how processes work by getting your hands dirty with it. Yeah. Right? So at Worldview Academy summer camps, students go and they learn about leadership, and then they go into a leadership practicum in the afternoon. They mm. talk about the gospel, um, the importance of the gospel, and then they go and share the gospel at a local college campus or park or something of that nature. And yeah. that's why I've absolutely always loved working with Team Pact is because you do get some of the classroom time, but then you go out and you actually practice the hands-on engagement as well. So students are walking through the halls of the Capitol. They're meeting right. with senators and representatives. They're getting coached on how to ask them questions, tough questions, and why that's important. And right. they get the chance to do it. 
and they can actually see in a really short amount of time, I can make a difference in the political process, whether it's in my hometown, my state, or my nation. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just right. a huge fan. And we, you know, that's why Teen Pact and Worldview, I think, work so well together. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree. You know, Teen Pact and Worldview, I think, uh, to kind of go off of what you were saying, work together so well because they're both ministries first, right? Yeah. One focuses on apologetics and one focuses on politics. Mm-hmm. But that's not their main focus. Their main focus is Jesus and pointing people towards him. Um, And so Teen Pact and Worldview um, are two very similar organizations. Um, And as you know, I never went to a Worldview camp before coming here to Worldview at the Abbey. But I've been involved in many different Teen Pact events. And so far, the things that um, are here at Worldview, though there are differences, there's also a lot of similarities because there's people who are actually living out their faith and because Jesus is put first. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's just an incredible testament to what a ministry can be when it focuses on what a ministry is supposed to be. And that's pointing people to, towards Christ. Right, Christ um, primarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. Well, so tell me a little bit about your experience so far. Just as a student here... Um, tell me what have been some things that have been highlights? What are some mm. things that um, you've been learning in class? I mean, right. uh, my big exciting thing about being here was that you get to come be here for a semester and then you get to go do Teen Pact. So mm. have you seen those worlds colliding some more in terms of how you're thinking about interning? Or just, yeah, give me some highlights. Yeah, that. absolutely. Um, and I've definitely seen the worlds colliding and that um, I went to a Teen Pact event a couple weeks ago and took a week off from the Abbey um, to do that. And so I think there's some uh, very uh, literal collusion there. Yeah. Um, but as far as uh, ideological and intellectually it goes, um, the way that Teen Pact and Worldview, I think, really fit together um, is that Worldview teaches the apologetics that are necessary to understand the politics of Teen Pact, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, And it's definitely been absolutely fantastic coming here and hearing the things that I've never heard before um, about justice, right? Um, Because in Teen Pact, we talk about the part of justice that's that's on a governmental level, right? And rendering each man his due um, and the way that God administers justice. But then here at Worldview, one of the first things we do is read Plato's Republic and discuss what justice means on the individual level Mm -hmm. um, and to the, the, the individual and what um, it looks like when it's applied in one's life, right? Yeah. Um, as opposed to from the government to the individual. This is the individual um, to God, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a it's a really interesting, I think, relationship between the two um, because they're correlated, um, but they're still separate. They're still different, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, and so Worldview has absolutely been fantastic thus far. Um, as I said earlier, this is my first experience with Worldview. Um, and everything that we've done so far has been something that's been unique. Mm-hmm. I've heard things that have been said here um, before coming here, but I've never heard them said the way that they have been said here, hmm. if that makes sense. Sure. Um, sure. The way that we break down and examine books um, for four years, I was a classical conversation student, if you're familiar with that, yeah. um, in the classical model. And we, we always broke down books and examined the meanings behind them. Um, but Worldview has really made that become real. Yeah. Um, it's made the books 
come to life in a way. And I know that's very cliche to say. Sure. Um, but we do a lot of reading, not just to read or not just to have those under our belt, um, and not just so that we can understand the classical model better, but so that we can strengthen our faith. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that is very unique to worldview um, because I haven't really seen it done the way that worldview does it elsewhere, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, sure. And then I would, uh, I'd be in the wrong if I didn't mention, of course, my favorite part of worldview so far, and that is the people. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I'm a very relational person. I love... Uh, relationships and I love uh, talking to people and I love good conversation Um, and I don't think even a quarter of a day has gone by without having a deep conversation while here Um, but at the same time yeah exactly Um, and so at the same time though we've had a lot of fun Um, we have game nights we've gone on camping trips we've gone hiking um, we've spontaneously gone to Walmart at 11 o'clock at night after going at nine o'clock just a few hours earlier. Um, and so the people here are definitely, uh, very far along in their faith. And so it's wonderful to be surrounded by people like that, um, here this semester who, um, are, are deep into their faith and want to grow even more. And so you're not only looking to pour into people, but other people are looking to pour into you. So creates this relationship of I think the way that relationships were truly meant to be and that's relationships that point back to Christ and that one one another um, is that one individual is helping the other individual by pushing them closer to Christ as that individual is helping the other individual by pushing them closer to Christ and I think all 35, 36 of the students here and all of the faculty um, are all very focused on that Um, and I think that makes a huge difference and I think that's not only going to prepare me for the next semester of interning with Teen Pact where I'm traveling around the country and teaching people about politics and Jesus um, but it's also going to help me as I go into college Um, and that's definitely one of the selling points of worldview at the Abbey um, but it doesn't become real until you get here it doesn't become something that makes sense right Um, obviously we want to go be built up in our faith but how is doing that here as opposed to um, just being in a normal church community at a on a big secular college campus how is that going to be any different you know is kind of the thought that definitely went through my mind when you were telling me about that back in 2016 at the airport um but being here, it, there truly is a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the building up that is occurring, the strengthening of the faith, um, the working out of the uh, spirit muscles um, is something that's very real and something that is going to have eternal value, um, not just going into the next season in Teen Pack, not just going into college, not just going into life, um, but it's going to be something that... Um, is is really a, a turning point in a way, sure. um, a, a turning point that even though a path may be heading towards Christ, it's a turning point um, into a deeper relationship with Christ on that path, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Worldview has been absolutely fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to applying these things next semester as I travel with Teen Pact. Um, Because like I said, something that I didn't realize before coming here is that the apologetics that Worldview teaches is something that uh, makes all the difference behind the politics that Teen Pact teaches. And so I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to going into uh, the next semester and applying those things and then applying those things even after that 
and you know kind of the com- combined experiences of Team Pact and Worldview I think are going to play uh, a, a huge role in my life moving forward and the way I often describe Team Pact when people ask me about it is like a golden goose um, because not many people will find the golden goose but when you do uh, it lays golden eggs right and I think Worldview and Teen Pact and the experience that they give combined is that golden goose that not many people will find. Gotcha. Uh, that's a funny way of saying that analogy. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, a goose and apologetics. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah um, sure. it's, it's definitely fantastic, the combination that they provide. Yeah. And moving forward, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, well, thanks, man. Uh, so tell me, what house are you in? I am in Kratos, okay. um, aka the Wolf Pack. The Wolf Pack. Um, yeah, the uh, best house here on campus. Cheers. We do, um, we do. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be doing it justice if I did it here on air where you yeah. couldn't see it in person. And it would probably break um, our microphone system. Right, it would. Um, but just for everyone who ends up <laughs> listening to this, it is the most terrifying and most uh, intimidating chant on campus. Yeah. Um, it's very and inspiring, too. Exactly, exactly. Yes. Um, and that's why we are the best house okay. one of the reasons why and have you guys done some things together as a house yet y'all done some worship we, we times have yeah um so we do a meeting every monday um with our house where we just discuss different theological topics um and then on tuesday nights we go up to skyline drive um and we worship and we read the bible um and that's one of the most intimate worship times I've ever experienced. Um, going up on top of a mountain with a group of people who um, we've we group of people who have all grown really close over the last couple weeks, um, and just pouring out praise for our Savior, mm. um, and pouring out praise, and then also praying with one another. Um, that's something that's absolutely fantastic. And so those Tuesday nights are something that I've come to really love. And I'm so glad to be a part of the house I'm a part of because um, this this house has just really grown together in a way that um, obviously I've never been in another house. So I can't say that other houses haven't grown. I guess that wouldn't be fair. Sure. But um, personally, in my totally unbiased uh, opinion, I think our house has grown together in a way that most houses don't. Um, wow. Uh, Bold statement. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I try to keep my mold, my uh, moves bold. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's definitely exciting to be a part of the house we're in. Our color is yellow. Um, something we do each month on Thursdays, the first Thursday of the month, is have a spirit spirit day uh, where we all wear yellow. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, so something we noticed a couple of days after we did our first spirit day was that. Um, and I'm not calling anyone out, but House Cardia, uh, not to call anyone out, yeah, right. uh, wore red <laughs> a couple days after we had our first spirit day and called uh-huh. it their spirit day. Ah, gotcha. So I'm not saying who copied who uh, or where the idea came from. Right. Um, well, hey, it's the most sincere form of flattery. Right? Exactly, exactly. Um, so Cardia, I guess, being um, the heart, um, wanted to flatter us by taking our ideas. Um <laughs> And that is the kindest way I could put that, I think, as, sure. a, as a member of the Wolf Pack. Sure. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, it's been absolutely. Awesome. Uh, talk for a little bit. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, having me on here and letting me uh, share some ideas and tell you about my experience. It's uh, 
Fantastic. Thanks for providing the platform, not only for this podcast, but also the platform for all the things that I just talked about to happen um, because of all the work that you do with Worldview. Um, If uh, everyone is listening out there and is still listening, um, August Huckabee is one of the most genuine dudes you're ever going to meet, who's definitely challenged me a lot in my faith um, and helped me grow a lot. Um, And so there's some uh, flattery um, you know, by, I can uh, this right. I can just right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, thanks, Zach. Yeah. It's been awesome to yeah. have you here, and um, we're so excited that you get to be here even for one semester. Mm. Well, I appreciate you. the whole year, but I know you're going to be doing good work mm. during the second part of it as well. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Thank you. This week on campus, we just finished up with an event called Preview at the Abbey. Uh, Preview is an event that takes place twice a year, once in the fall and once in the spring. And it's an opportunity for prospective students who are thinking about us in the future to come on campus and sit in on some classes with faculty students, a room with current students, and just get a feel for the general uh, campus as well as the city uh, of Canyon City here. So our next one coming up in the spring will be April 13th and 14th. And we highly encourage anybody who is thinking about our program in the next two to three years to come and check out the program. Uh, It's awesome to look at our website and to hear about Worldview at the Abbey, Um, but until you come and actually experience the beauty of Colorado and the awesome campus and facilities that we have and just the energy that the student body brings um, to a Worldview program, uh, it's really a foreign concept. So preview at the Abbey, April 13th and 14th. For our This Week in the Classroom segment, we have the opportunity to sit down with Jeff Baldwin this week to talk about some of the books that they're reading in classes, some of the reasons why we choose to read those, and um, what the purpose of education is here at the Abbey. So the main questions I had for you, if you recall, you want to look them up real quick, were uh, mainly what we're wanting to do is, is, is interview a faculty member each week just on what's going on in the classroom. So what are students reading right now in your classes? So our students in The Great Conversation just started reading On the Incarnation by Athanasius. And Athanasius is most famous for Athanasius Contramundum, meaning against the world. He is the one who stood most firm against the Arian heresy and insisted on the doctrine of the incarnation that Christ is fully God and fully man. I remember that saying every year because we always talk about making a shirt that says the Abbey Contramundum or Canyon City Contramundum or something like that just to just to play off of that so yeah um, so why why are they reading that specific book why did you choose that one well it's this fantastic first of all I I think we have especially in the evangelical church we we have this idea of There were definitely these amazing Christians back in the time of Peter and Paul, and then there's this massive gap. Maybe we see Augustine in there, and then there's kind of this huge gap until we get to Luther and Calvin, and then we get to today. And uh, I, I like, number one, that our students are able to hear from someone who adamantly believes what they believe and is articulate and standing against heresy in in much the same position they're standing today so it's it's exciting just from the standpoint of this isn't a biblical character just someone that i can't even approach or or be like like a peter or a paul um it's it's a regular guy this Mm -hmm. is a regular guy who really lived in history 
And yes, God used him in mighty, mighty ways. And he fortunately left us with this great book that actually articulates his very strong case for the incarnation. Um, so so it's, it's exciting from that perspective. It's also exciting from an epistemological perspective, just meaning um, it's reminding students that when we stand on the word of God, when that's our ultimate way of knowing, then we can resist broad sweeping cultural movements that are wrong. Hmm. And uh, that's what we see Athanasius doing. So, um, so it's, it's exciting from an epistemal, epistemological standpoint epistemological. as well. Tough to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mouthful. <laughs> okay. So what are some of the, um, now that one's obviously a, a Christian focused book, right? But we read quite a few books throughout the year that are not Christian focused or that don't have that epistemological basis like you were talking about sure. earlier. So that's always been a question um, that comes up periodically through through the years from parents, from students, whereas we're talking about um, being a, you know, teaching students to think and live with a biblical worldview. So why is it that we read non-Christian authors at this Christian program? And there's a couple different reasons. That's a great question. We should be asking it. Uh, number one is that lots of non-Christians have shaped the great conversation. They have asked some of the biggest questions, uh, sometimes in the most articulate ways, and we need to be able to respond to those questions. As it happens, because Christianity is true, when we read Plato and hear those big questions, we're able to say, oh, I know the answer, right? That, boy, Plato gets close with this idea of uh, a fixed standard for goodness and truth and beauty, but he's he, he never understands that it's, it's personal, that it's mm. actually within this character of this God who reveals himself to us in his words. So um, a lot of the questions that are raised by non-Christians are answered by Christianity, and it's, it's good to hear, boy, this, this question has been asked since the beginning by some of the best philosophers, and it's only in Christianity that we can find an answer to this big question. So that's number one. Um, mm. And number two... You know, God, although non-Christians re- reject God's revelation in his word, they still have his revelation in their consciences and through creation. And so there is also truth that a non-Christian can tell, even though they don't recognize it as God's truth. So, so would you call that like the idea of common grace? Right. It, it fits with it, okay. definitely. Um, and and um, so with, with Sophocles writing Oedipus Rex, well, here's this horrible play yeah. about a guy killing his father and marrying his mother, and you're thinking, what on earth does this have Poking to do? Poking his eyes out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So what does this have to do with Christianity? And, and the answer is Oedipus in the play throughout is, is wrestling with this one deep existential question, which is, is it better to be ignorant and therefore be happy, or is it better to know the truth and be devastated by that truth, which he is devastated by, and he does gouge his eyes out. And, and as Christians, we go, that's, that's actually the question that we're faced when we talk to non-Christians, right? We're saying, uh, is it better for them to know that they are sinners condemned to hell, or is it better for them to be ignorant and, and happy? And of course, our answer is not it's better to to know and despair 
right? It's, it's actually better to know and despair and then receive the hope that you have in Christ's work on the cross. So, so it's, it's our response to the question is not the same as the response that Sophocles gives Oedipus, but it, but it is the same question. He, he's right that this is the human condition. Humans are faced with, is it better to know or is it better to, to be ignorant and to, to be happy? So um, I would say those are the two main reasons that we're reading gotcha. non-Christians. Gotcha. Okay, sounds good. Well, I think that was um, all the questions I had for this week, so it was pretty straightforward. Because you're teaching okay. great conversation, but you're also teaching um, basically intro to literature is what I would call it, but it's you call it uh, Art of the Short Story. Right, so, and so we're reading short stories right now, and focusing on science fiction and fantasy as a genre so that students can uh, learn how to write that. And uh, so, so we've been a little bit of Poe. Uh, we read Poe's Fall of the House of Usher. We are now reading Before the Law by Franz Kafka. And soon we'll be reading Ray Bradbury's The Sound of Thunder. Um, so we're, we're less interested in chronology in that class and more interested in genres so that students get a feel for different ways to approach the short story. Yeah. And I know a lot of students are worried and panicked about getting short story um, outlines or rough drafts in right now. Oh, yeah. Now. There's some panic there. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I filled in for you last week whenever we were doing um, – we were reading through some drafts. You said you all read through some drafts today. So are there any, like, really fun ones that stick out to you so oh, far? Oh, yeah. There's, that's the thing is I think students do tend to sell themselves short. They – they are conscious that maybe they don't have the best grasp on grammar or all of the technical terms, but the beauty of being young is is the imagination. And so, hmm. um, yeah, I, I uh, you know, we, I just, they only read a paragraph for me, but I had one student read a, a paragraph about these six college students who go to a campground with these little camping cabins, but they have these very evocative names, hmm. and one of them, that's set apart from the others is named the void and it has sort of a um, an off kilter atmosphere about it and it's just a, it's a great setup for entering into a fantasy story right so yeah i think they're going to be a lot of fun cool that's yeah. great that's yeah great. all right well thank you so much for your time you bet i um, appreciate it absolutely thank you so much for joining us today for more information about our Worldview Academy leadership camps, go to worldview.org. And for more information about Worldview at the Abbey, go to worldviewbridgeyear.com.